I'm trying to be consistent with these podcasts. I, I really am because it's one thing that I'm doing for myself, putting myself out there and being vulnerable and just talking through my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, through wanting to grow into being a better person while also acknowledging not anywhere near whom I want to be. (laughs) So I'm sitting down and I'm writing notes just about life and day-to-day events. And in those are gems of, of, of knowledge for myself or pieces of advice for myself. And as I'm, as I'm writing, I'm thinking about what happened yesterday, what might happen tomorrow, where I was, where I'm going, who I am, all of these million other thoughts cross my mind at the, at the exact same time. And as I'm writing, I see myself writing faster and faster as if it's a marathon, as if there's a race, as if I have to do something right after. I have to be somewhere right after. I have to constantly move. I have to constantly do. My eyes are scanning around and just looking for something to do. And It was a moment of self-reflection of how how wonderful to be to just not have to do, not have to move, not have to think all the time, and to just be, to just be present, to truly allow my senses to catch up and be immersed in the moment. For me to smell my surroundings and to hear the sounds around me, to see the sights around me and to feel the emotions that I'm feeling. Of course, so long as they're healthy and safe. But it was a humbling moment to just stop and not have to do anything but just be. This is nice. This is wondrous and this was all meant to be for me right now I don't really feel like I want to have any introductions to a recording I feel like I just want to talk and talk about what it is that I want to talk about and no introductions, nothing snazzy, nothing exciting, nothing inviting, just start talking. And I really want to talk about hijab and modesty and what that means and what that entails because it's something that I've definitely been struggling with not the past year or so, which is more obvious, but It's been a struggle since I've worn the hijab, since I've known what modesty is. And modesty is an entire 
character. It's not clothing. It's 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 not just a behavior. It's an entire character. It's how you move through the world, how you communicate with others, how you allow others to communicate with you, and how you want to present yourself to Allah first and foremost before how you present yourself to the world. And so my journey with modesty had always been instilled in me. I mean, given the fact that I was born in Saudi and just the, the, the external modesty, the, the abayas, the niqabs, the hijabs, the outer coverings was something that was normal all around me. And growing up in the household that I did with my parents, you know, just teaching us to be kind and sincere, authentic, and that we mean, we truly mean what we say when we say it, not in a loud voice, but in a cool, calm, collected way. And that we, we learn to communicate with people in a respectful manner. So all of that is modesty. All of that is under the umbrella of what modesty is. And our behavior should always be to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost. And a little bit of fear of our parents uh, that was always there. But modesty was, was something that was within our household. You know, you knock before you come into a bedroom. You... Um, you close the door when you're when you're changing. You don't speak in a loud voice when you're talking to someone that's two feet close to you, even though we're Sudanese, and that's uh, not always the case. But it was it was in line with what respect is. You're you're, you're modest by being respectful, and you're respectful by mean by being modest. It wasn't so you're like shy and you're shying away from the truth or you're shying away from conversations, but it was more so you're respectful and you have boundaries and you have boundaries within yourself and you don't allow people to bypass your boundaries. So that was modesty, but hijab was something that I I chose for myself. Um, it, my... <laughs> subhanallah I remember I remember my dad in the fifth grade I I did something and he made me go to school with a hijab he's like that's it it's time for you to wear it and my dad that is so out of his character um or maybe he who he is now is out of his character I don't know but then I I had only been friends with with um, I didn't have any Muslims in my in my school, uh, elementary school, um, and I've, I haven't worn the hijab, but my dad was just, one day, I don't remember what I did, but he made me go to school with the hijab, and I felt so weird, I felt so awkward, I felt so othered, like I was just like that weird girl, and so I, I definitely took it off when I was in school, um, I put it in my bag, and before I came back to school, I wore it. But it was just one day. I don't remember what it was, subhanAllah. Or maybe it was more than one day and my mind just like is so traumatized that it uh it's just it's it's in a lost file. But that was my first stint with hijab, quote unquote. 
a scarf around my head when I was a fifth grader. And I definitely didn't even... And you know how some families, some people uh, definitely instill it when, when, when a girl gets her period, but I didn't even have my period then. Like, I was in the fifth grade. I was just like, I don't remember why my father... I don't know why he did that. So fast forward to junior year and I remember I was with my two friends one was Somali one was Pakistani and I remember exactly where I was in high school junior year it was after school and those we always just hung out together and I remember seeing a a flyer for like a Christian club that meets after school and I was like why don't we have one for Muslims and then we were talking about it as we were walking down the hallway, like, we should. And I was like, yeah, we definitely should. Um, we have a large Muslim population. Um, at that point, it wasn't, it was a little, what year was it? It was around 2006, 2005, 2006. Um, but the aftermath of 2011 was, was still seen. I mean, we could not just be Muslim. And I didn't wear the hijab, I didn't wear a scarf. You know, I, I just to give a visual, I wore pants, I wore t-shirts, but my parents never allowed us to, and every Sudanese family is different, but my parents never allowed us to wear like tank tops or shorts or capris. Once we were in high school, were like no more, just like long pants. Um, they couldn't even be tight, you know? So we we had our, 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 quote-unquote dress code which did not involve the hijab or covering of our arms past like the forearm um or the shoulder whatever that part of the (laughs) t-shirts and onward that's all nothing shorter than a t-shirt um definitely no like v-necks no tank tops nothing like that um so anyways i remember talking with my friends and anyways we got it started we got our club started and I remember it being called Muslim Ummah and I remember I was like researching names and um, trying to figure out what we should call ourselves and Muslim Ummah is kind of repetitive because I know Ummah is of Muslims but I was like I thought I was the coolest cat in the in, in town um, calling it Muslim Ummah um, and I remember I was in the library when I got I, I, I chose that name and my friends at league was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, a de- that's definitely a good name. So we were to meet two times a week. I believe it was Tuesdays and Thursdays um, for like two hours or an hour and a half after school. And um, our meetings were super successful. We had so many people, mashallah. We had like 20 plus people show up. And all of our friends obviously showed up. Somalis, Sudanese, Pakistanis, Arabs, we, you know, we had a few white people because we made sure, uh, like the admin told us, you know, you can definitely have this club so long as it's open to everyone. Um, So we were like, yeah, absolutely. We want to definitely use it as a place to convert people. (laughs) Jokes. Uh, But we definitely wanted it to be open for, for everybody. So... People came, you know, all people came, and it was just, mashallah, it was such a nice place for people to talk and get to know each other and kind of, like, just hang out. Um, So my two friends, the Pakistani and the Somali, wore the hijab. And 
my Pakistani friend, you know, she wore the scarf, but wore pants, um, and wore pants. And my Somali friend wore skirts uh, and abayas. Um, and I wore my pants, but I, I never covered my head. So I remember one day, and I, alhamdulillah, like all praise be to God, I had always had an interest in Islam, and I had always, we'd gone to Islamic school, but I was just super interested in the religion. I was super interested in learning, and I read about things. So I was, I was an informed, quote-unquote, knowledgeable. <laughs> I knew some stuff, right? I knew some stuff when it came to Islam. Um, and so I, I, I was looked at as someone who knew some stuff, right? But I remember once someone telling me, why are you leading this and you're not wearing the hijab? And I was like, I don't remember what I said, but I remember being taken aback. I don't know what kind of fool I was for being taken aback, but I was taken aback. I was thinking like, I, I, I believe my answer was somewhere along the lines of, we all have our own journeys when it comes to hijab. But prior to that, there has never been a conversation with my family, my mom and my dad, about me wearing the hijab. And at that point, my dad wasn't with us in the household. He was overseas. And so it was just my mom taking care of us. And the conversation had never come up. It was never, she, she never said, okay, time for you to wear the hijab. <laughs> even though I were to, uh, even though I were to the masjid, whenever we would have Islamic school, but I just never wore it. Um, I remember always believing that you wear the hijab when you're married, when you're older, but when you're younger, you don't have to. And that's honestly a belief in a lot of Sudanese households. Um, but anyways, I, I was just like, my answer is something along the lines of everyone has their own journey. Um, and I, I remember specifically that day we were talking about signs of judgment day. And I, I think that's why that individual asked me. Um, but I went home and I, it was around February. I went home and I don't think it was immediate, but that thought was still in my mind. Like, should I wear the hijab? I should. Um, am I less than? And my two friends were super supportive. So I remember texting them after Googling some things about hijab. I was like, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to wear the hijab. And I don't want to get into that too much. But it was, pr- it was pretty much like a decision I made on the spot. Um, but also after careful thought and, and careful research. And um, I remember taking my mom's hijab. I will never forget she had this like ombre purple violet um like uh pink hijab that was chiffon and i remember being terrified terrified and and that i was gonna wear it the next day and all i could think of was what were my white american friends going to think about me what were they going to say about me are they going to think of me as now a Muslim, identifiably like a Muslim? Because I could pass as black, like I could pass as whatever, but I, you could pass as whatever race, but you don't always pass, you never, you can't pass as a religion unless you wear your religion uh, as a hijab or, or, or any form of clothing. 
or jewelry um, or accessory. But I, I was terrified. I remember crying, like, oh my God, my white friends, like, what are they gonna think? What are they gonna say? They were gonna be like, no, you're definitely a Muslim and you're part of like whatever idea we thought of. Um, but I wore it and I came to school and I was, I was, I, I don't remember what I said to my mom, but I think she, she was supportive. I think she was saying something like, you don't have to um, do it when you want, not when you feel like you should. Um, or something like, no, she said like, wear it when the time is right. You don't have to wear it just to wear it. Um, but I was texting, I was texting one of my friends. I don't know if it was a Somali or the, the Pakistani and I'm referring that to them, referring them to, referring to them as that because I don't want to like use their names, but Z and, uh, Z was Pakistani and, um, H was Somali, so I uh, I remember texting I think H, and I was saying like I'm gonna do it. Oh my God, I'm so scared, I'm nervous, I'm terrified. What should I do? And they were super supportive, um, and Z was as well. I think I texted her as well, but um, I did. I wore it, and when I was in school, I felt like every single person was looking at me, and I felt like I was the um, the other I felt strange and the interesting thing about that was I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> and that's how I I did not fully understand what the hijab was because I thought that it was covering the head and because that's what I saw with my peers you know I saw people wearing various forms of clothing whether it's capris whether it's um pants or skinny jeans or sweatpants t-shirts um and their head being covered so i i took to that as being an acceptable form of what hijab was because that's what my peers had on that's what was fine that was what's i'm still me like that's my personality my hijab in my personality my personality with this hijab like i'm making it what it is um so SubhanAllah, like all of these memories are flooding back. Um, so I, I had a really tough time. And it was mainly because I did not know how other people were going to look at me. I didn't know how they were going to assess me now. Or if they're going to break me down and be like, okay, you're a Muslim. You're, we can't be friends with you now because you wear the hijab. Before you could pass. But now, you're identifiably a Muslim, and so therefore, we can't be friends with you anymore. Um, it was during my physics class that I was terrified, and no one treated me differently. <laughs> Nobody even batted an eye. Uh, I think they were just like... I think somebody was like, oh, you wear, are you wearing that now? And I was like, yeah. They were like, cool, wow, good for you. And that made it easier. The first day was the toughest. And after that, it was just like, that's it. But I remember feeling like this is a commitment that I'm making forever. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, I'm going to take this off. I was like, this is it. Like, I was secure. I did it. And it really helped, like my best friends were, were also wearing the hijab. 
I never took it off until until probably just like a a disaster. I don't even know who I was 48 hours before I went to prom because I didn't even want to take it off. But man, who who was I? Who knows? We'll never know because that part of my life I like to not spend too much time thinking about. Um, it was disappointing. Absolutely. It was absolutely disappointing. And I, I, I did not like who I was. But also, it, relapsing, I think, is, is a normal part of the process. And I unfortunately, I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it because other people were doing it. But, God, this I, I could literally talk about hijab. So this is part two. I My phone cut off because... I call people and then they call me back at the most inconvenient times. Actually, it's the best of times, but I really want to finish this. So, interestingly enough, I my journey to modesty continued well, you know, into my into high school, well after high school, into college, and then, like so many other people, you get into a relationship with somebody who is quote-unquote super religious and they have a multitude of knowledge quote-unquote knowledge um and they dump all of that on you and you are smothered in it and feel like if you don't take it upon you then you are a horrible human being and a worse muslim and you will never be good enough and so the psychopath um, had a lot of good in, in, in the knowledge that he gave me. The part of it that was good, the part of it that was pure, the part of it that was real, um, I took. And that's when my journey from modesty truly like evolved into a whole new entity. Uh, and I stopped shaking hands with men because I started reading a lot and reading what Islam says, what modesty is. Not what I've grown to believe what haya is or modesty, which is, you know, synonymous with respect, which it is, it is absolutely in Islam. But there was more to that. What does that mean? And what is it in accordance to Islam? What do the texts say about what modesty is? And how do you perform modesty not just in character, but in actions. What does that look like? So we moved on from identifying what modesty is to doing it and being it. So I stopped shaking hands with men. I I stopped doing a lot of different things. And I started to do a lot of different things too. So Hijab specifically, we won't talk about anything else uh, right now, but hijab specifically, I, I, I was wearing a headscarf, yeah, but I was not wearing um, abayas, I was not wearing like skirts. So during my time with, uh, with this psychopath, and I will never stop saying that about this individual, they were a psychopath. Um, around that time, I started really reading more into what hijab is uh, clothing-wise, yeah, and... I started, I remember going to like the Somali store and uh, 
buying this brown skirt. It was super stretchy, super, super long, um, but, I brought, but I bought it. Uh, and I also wore, bought this abaya um, that was super long. <laughs> I thought I was emulating modesty at its finest by having the longest clothing possible and is if you can imagine just for visuals i'm five eight and a half about five nine so 60 60 length is really really long 60 is like floor length 60 is like sweeping the floor i thought i was 60 i thought i was like 58 no we're we're shooting for the stars <laughs> we're not going to that level one modesty we're going to that level five because we want to sweep the dirt off the floor we want to clean the world we want to clean the floors and polish them with our with our um with our garments and so i i remember all of my abayas that i bought and the first one that i bought was this like open abaya with like buttons and it was super long and i remember every single time i would wear it i would have to pick it up as i'm walking um and the skirt oh poor skirt it was just long and i remember it was like raining and it just it was it was bad times um but i i started wearing abayas and i started wearing skirts and i remember buying another skirt that was gray it was the same exact dress one in brown one in gray and i would wear those interchangeably um and i remember then buying a black one subhanallah like so i would always wear like the black the brown and the gray like interchangeably um and so my 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 attire changed i went from wearing pants um jeans to sweatpants and I remember when I was with the psychopath I remember I wore jeans and they were like the only way and I was struggling right I was struggling with pants because I was like I love wearing pants oh my god I love wearing that's all I've ever known all I've ever known was wearing pants and so um my jeans were super comfortable they were loose they were like I could do anything with them and I was a super active person um so I loved being like I liked I liked my pants. Um, but I remember around that time, not to be too detailed, but I remember around that time, I had also skinny jeans that I would wear that were also nice. But I was like, okay, maybe I should stop wearing skinny jeans and start wearing loose jeans only, which I did. But those pairs of skinny jeans were always in my closet. And they were always a temptation for me. So what, when I was talking to this individual, this psychopath, I remember him saying, the only way for you to not struggle with this temptation is if you throw away those pants. All of them. If you throw them away, you won't be tempted into wearing them. So guess what I did? I threw them away. I, th- I remember the night that I threw them away. I put them in a bag and I threw them out. I was like, that's it. I can't be tempted any longer i don't want to struggle with this um so i i threw those pants away and i only wore i only wore skirts and i only wore abayas and all my abayas were extra long and all of my skirts were extra long and i wore only like cardigans like super long cardigans and just like um sweatshirts um 
but I relapsed once in, in college and it was because it was the snow and I didn't really know what to do. So I had sweatpants, um, but pause. My journey to modesty changed. My attire became different. Um, and my concept of modesty was stronger. Like I knew what it was, I knew what I had to be, and I knew how to do it. And so it continued and continued and continued well into my adult life where I became more and more comfortable knowing the length of clothes that I wanted, the length of the clothes that I would like to wear, the colors, the, 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 the fabrics. And I also wore the niqab on and off for, for a few years and overhead abayas and only abayas um, and I didn't feel comfortable wearing skirts and shirts. I only wanted to wear abaya so I did that for a while and then some changes happened and so this journey I feel like I'm on a path to a destination called modesty and along this path are signs telling me turn left, turn right, U-turn, go sideways, go horizontal, go parallel. I feel like all of those signs have distracted me from what I know to be modesty. Because like I know it's a straight path. It's a straight path. I see the sign. But all of these signs are saying otherwise, right? So it becomes this battle of do I do what I know, which is follow this literally straight path to what modesty is? Or do I keep looking left and right and around me to all of these other signs that are saying otherwise? And so that's where I am now, where I know what it is that I need to do, but then there's always a struggle. There's always a there's always a, I'm looking straight ahead, but my, but from my peripheral, I see otherwise, right? Like, I, from my peripheral, I see a sign saying otherwise, and so I'm distracted, right? Or this current trend of Instagram models, or Instagram hijabis, or Instagram hi- modesty, or modesty clothing, and it's like, it's so alluring, and it's so attractive and it's so easy to do and i remember at one point for me personally for me ala when i saw like the turban style being worn as a headscarf i was like i will never do that i can't even begin to grasp how people can justify that to be hijab and so that's that's not a struggle for me like the turban hijab is not a struggle for me i'm not because i'm not interested it's not alluring to me but not but that's it's not to say that nothing else is and it's recognizing that every single person has their own struggle every hijabi every Muslima, every person who's trying to be modest has a struggle with what modesty is and what it should be, 
and who they are and who they want to be and with modesty and so it doesn't have to be like this oh my god i can never one never wear this turban hijab but it could be like i'm struggling with showing my earrings or showing my neck or showing my ears or showing my my ankles or showing my 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 legs or showing my arms or showing my form showing my figure showing my silhouette like all of these are also struggles and for me to be super fanatical about never wearing the turban hijab someone else could be like i would never wear like a t-shirt with my turban you know i would never wear like you know a capri pants are those still a thing i would never wear those with my hijab so every single person has their struggle with modesty and with hijab and because somebody may be displaying other parts of their body it's not to say that they don't hold on to something else um wow like this journey is so it's so powerful that i always like to think of everything as like it's like um like a gremlin with tentacles right so i feel like it's one of those things that has its tentacles all around other aspects of my life and so until i have this this journey be like i'm looking ahead at what modesty is and i'm not looking around left right up down i'm just looking straight ahead i feel like it'll always be a struggle but i'm um i'm looking forward to it i am looking forward to growth and learning as i go and being okay with the relapse so long as i know that that's not where i am like me being down me falling isn't where i belong and it's getting myself up after that relapse after falling down after looking left and looking right and following other other signs instead of just looking ahead and so may allah make us stronger and may allah make us better and may allah make our journey clearer and uh uh give us the strength to avoid any and all distractions and in in order to be better people with um with more authenticity and sincerity in all of our actions i mean thank you for listening to this if you've listened cuz this has been long and this has been personal but to me this is therapeutic and i um i definitely see myself having more and more podcasts uh more and more recordings not more and more podcasts more recordings in my podcast because i have been MIA MIA um this is good this is good for me um stay tuned for whatever next topic i think of and if you have any suggestions for anything you'd like to hear more about feel free to send me a message on my tumblr bye bye